Guten Tag, everybody. Welcome to Hybrid Theory, a podcast dedicated to bringing science, cinematic style, and fast action to your tabletop role-playing experience. My name is Hugh Jarrett Johansson, and today's episode is going to be a continuation of my Hybridizing 5E series, in which I take rules from the hybrid role-playing game and implement them in the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game that I'm currently directing to resolve an issue or solve a problem that I'm having by running that system. Today we will be doing our final rundown of the various hybrid aspects that represent the psionic abilities of 5th edition Dungeons and & Dragons and previous editions as well. Uh, specifically, the category that we're going to discuss is the correspondent category. Now, the correspondent aspects, as I've said previously, are aspects that enable the character to perceive or traverse between two points in either time or space without crossing the time or space in between. So before we get started with our rundown, we're going to address two issues that are common with aspects that allow you to move through time and space. The first of these is their world-wrecking nature. A lot of people, players, directors alike, will often complain, or I've heard complaints over the years rather, that allowing such abilities can ruin the game, if not used correctly, and that's, that's a valid point. What hybrid does, though, to uh, mitigate this is it does a couple of things. The first thing it does is it assumes that a covenant is created between a director and their players and it takes advantage of this covenant. The players trust the director to be fair to them and the director trusts the players to stay true to the genre of the game. So that covenant that's created is used to help prevent the destruction of the world or the suspension of disbelief and to maintain the experience of the game. The other thing that hybrid does is that the level of power for these abilities is usually defined during the session zero. Session zero in hybrid is very important because not only does it have to do with the creation of characters and the abilities allowed to characters, but it also determines the genre. Is this genre going to be high fantasy, low fantasy, science, fiction, medieval? Is it going to have a high level of violence, a low level of violence? Is the amount of adult content going to be high or low or disallowed? All of these things are defined during hybrid session zero. And the level of power of abilities is also taken into account during that session zero. In terms of running the game, the way that the game system itself handles it is the director defines whether a uh, correspondent ability can be used based on three factors and easy or difficult it is to use based on these factors. And the first of these factors is the ability to perceive a target using one of these abilities is. To teleport someone to an area within your clear range of perception is very easy. To teleport someone to the area that can be vaguely perceived is more difficult or impossible depending on what you determine during your session zero. Similarly, the familiarity of the person using the aspect of the character using the aspect with the target area time is also a factor that is used. Uh, familiarity is defined a couple of different ways. The first way is what's known as a theater of operations. All the characters to describe their familiarity with the geographical area on the planet is required to define a theater of operations. Things within that geographical area they are familiar with, things outside of that geographic area they are not familiar with. This allows the character a narrative control point 
so that depending on how the characters describe things, this can be gauged by the director and used to determine whether the aspect can be used and if so, how difficult or easy it is to use. When it comes to time, familiarity is defined by if something occurs during the target's lifetime or not. Now, during the past, it's very easy to determine, but during the future, because uh, it's assumed that characters uh, have an infinite number of timelines, um, that's left, again, left up to the director's discretion. Does, does the character with the director to determine whether somebody or a target can go forward or not? Finally, the willingness of the target is always taken into account. Whenever an aspect of any type is used on a target, the character's willingness is always taken into account with the difficulty rating of the task role. So that's the first item of discussion that I wanted to go through. The second item is the nature of time. Now, it's common in a lot of genres of games, movies, books, media, to play with the idea of paradox. And you can do that, but this can run into challenges when you're running the game. Similar questions that are often raised are, can, a, can characters change their fate or are they destined to perform a certain action? Of course, hybrid assumes that all characters can do whatever they wish, that their fate is determined by their own actions. So by forcing characters to be fated on their one timeline, also runs against the idea, just as the idea of paradox runs against the idea of this nature of time. Hybrid addresses these issues by viewing time as an infinite number of timelines, going through an infinite number of points, just as you learned about in geometry class in high school. Once character perceives or moves through time, a new timeline is actually generated or entered, depending on how you want to view it, as a matter of definition. Uh, but the character's original timeline still remains. It's referred to as their home timeline. And the point in time in which the character leaves their home timeline is referred to as their now point. The character remains connected to their now point at all times. Even if they go to a point forward or backward in time, they always remain connected to their now point. Uh, this prevents paradox. When a character goes back to the past, they can actually run into themselves because you're coming from another timeline. You could chop that version of yourself's arm off and it has no effect on you because you've created a new timeline in which there are two versions of you. Similarly, going forward to the future, your future is not defined or absolute because there are an infinite number of timelines going through your character's now point on his home timeline. So what that means is if your character goes through the future, that's one of an infinite number of timelines. Uh, one of the things that's recommended to the directors in the game is that as a character moves farther forward in time from their now point, that the deviation of the events in that timeline change much, much more from their native timeline. And this is to represent the fact that as you go farther forward in time, there are more and more variables that can play out to change the world. So the nature of time and the world wrecking nature of these correspondent aspects are both addressed in the game rules with flexibility, the covenant between the players and the directors, and the definition of familiarity and ranges of perception. Well, with these ideas in mind, let's go ahead and get started with our rundown of the six corresponding aspects. There are only six corresponding aspects in the game, so this will be a really fast run through. The first aspect is the anchor aspect, and that basically enables your character to resist anyone using a correspondent, ask them to teleport them to a place or time they don't want to go to. 
the next aspect is the entangle aspect, and that enables a character to uh, affect a target mentalically or biokinetically from a distance. So in essence, it takes that requirement of physically touching a living target to interact with it and sync with it and enables the character to do that at a distance. Next aspect is the far sense aspect, and that enables, enables a character to perceive a, a distant location. Again, it's kind of like your classic clairvoyance, only it's not limited to a single sense. It's all of your character's senses. If your character can perceive ultraviolet in their current, then they can perceive ultraviolet when they um, are using their far sense. If they can see in the dark, then they can see in the dark. If they can smell, they can smell. If they can see, they can see. They can taste, they can taste. So all of their uh, perceptual abilities can be extended to this distant location. Uh, similarly, there's the time sense aspect, which is basically the same sort of aspect or same ability, but instead of moving to a different place, it's the current place, but in a different timeline. Uh, the next aspect is the jaunt aspect, and that's the classic teleportation that you're used to seeing or hearing. We've already talked about ranges on that. And finally, we have the slide aspect. The slide aspect enables a character to move themselves or a target back and forth through different points in time. Now, we've already talked about the concept of the now point. Um, one of the things about this aspect is there are two modes to it, a forward mode and a backward mode. If you take only one of these modes, then one of the interesting things that you run into is if you take the back mode, you can only go back in time which means you can continuously go back, but you can never go back to your original now point. That doesn't mean that your connection to your now point disappears. All that means is that you can't take advantage of it. Similarly, if you have the future mode of this aspect and you wanted to go backwards to your time, your now point, you can't do that either because you've only got one mode of the aspect. So to make that aspect really, really effective or to be able to balance around effectively, you actually have to buy both modes of the aspect. Uh, that forces some um, decisions on the character and can have a lot of interesting uh, effects on the dynamics of the story. What if your character goes back in time 15 or 20 minutes and they're never seen again? That can happen. So requires some decisions and some thought during the character creation process. But uh, that's the six correspondent aspects. If you have any questions or wonder why I don't have more of them created or things like that, um, or you want to suggest new aspects or, you know, um, give some nice constructive, you know, criticism or have a nice discussion about these types of aspects. I'd love to hear from you. So reach out to me at hybrid.etagamingengine at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and have a discussion. Well, that's about all I have for you for this episode. I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to listen. Sincerely hope that you find something here that was inspiring for you, something you could take back to your own gaming table to really kick up the excitement a notch and make it your own. Uh, remember, when you find something in a tabletop role-playing game you're playing or directing that stifles your creativity or slows down the action, there's nothing wrong with flipping the script. Until next time, stay safe, keep on gaming, and take care.